What's going on, people? This is the Real Talk Real Wolf family, and we are back again with yet another episode. Come on. Another episode where we've come to bring you juice and character. Yeah. Another episode where we come to free the realness as always. Come on. Yes. Another episode to disturb your Apple SoundCloud or your Spotify. <laughs> Another episode where I've seen a tweet and there's things to discuss. Ah. Another episode where Pastor Ema's going to give you a scripture you haven't seen before. Right we'll see about that one, Shah. <laughs> Another episode where Aura makes you question your salvation. Oh, always be rubbish for me. <laughs> Back with myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And your girl, Aura. And we had a real talk, real walk family. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however and wherever you are listening. Right, today there's something quick I want to discuss with you guys, yeah? So I saw <laughs> a tweet in it, which I thought was quite interesting. And I wanted to understand it. I even posted on social media, but people were really giving me the answers I was looking for because I didn't really get it. But then I thought, where else should I bring the conversation to than a real talk, real walk podcast? So this tweet says, becoming a pastor is the Christian version of a rap career. I repeat, it says becoming a pastor is the Christian version of a rap career. So when you look at that, what, what does that mean? Because I was a bit confused still. Ah, was rolling. Being Eman's rolling as the pastor that he is. Eman, <laughs> what's what's your first thoughts on that, Eman? Um, yeah, I can understand. I can understand where people are coming from with 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 that statement or where that person was coming from because I think in this day and age, how yeah, it's pretty easy. I, um, there's a statement, but I don't want to butcher it. But it's kind of like in church because of it's not necessarily regulated like how you know industries are. Um, per se, well, depending on denominations. But more time, you could just come out of anywhere and say you're a pastor. You can come out of anywhere. You can say you're an evangelist or you can come out and say, you know, you're starting a church or whatever. And the thing is that it's, yeah, it's it's true. Like it is, it is very true um, in that what you have to do to in the world anyway, from a rapping perspective, what you have to do to be a rapper, all you have to do is buy studio time or what you can do is um, you can buy your own mic equipment and then, yeah, yeah jump in and then set up an oh, Instagram page or it's whatever. Easy, it's the easy accessible career. Is that, is that right. what you mean? Right, yeah. And then oh. for here, and then for the church, it's pretty much the same. Set up an Instagram page or set up a Facebook page and to pretty much do the same and you're you're rolling like just an instagram page to be a pastor pastor, don't you need to obviously um be anointed or can you anointed as or do you mean ordained appointed appointed. okay you 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 should it should be you should be commissioned by someone who's verifiable in the faith so that in terms of accountability you can say okay look i'm not a rogue someone who who has walked with God, someone who has integrity, um, someone that can teach the scripture, but someone who also walks out the scripture has has recognized the call of God on my life and has affirmed me in that. And then, yeah, I can go. 
um, and do, you know, the work of ministry. That's how it was, you know, in the early church. They sent, they prayed for them and they sent them out. That's how it was. So, so now it shouldn't be any different. So how easy is it then? Because obviously what you're saying is a long-winded process. So how easy is it to become a pastor? Very easy. I just told you. Uh, yeah, it's very easy. I told you. Set up an Instagram page, set up a Facebook page, set up a Twitter page, and you're live. Set up a YouTube page. Is that and really start doing weekly though? Bible studies, and you can become one easily. Bro, is that really happening, though? Yes, it's happening. Well, if I speak. <laughs> yes, it's happening. I'm not trying to derail this episode, so let me just keep quiet. But we've seen, really? I would say, in this week in particular, we've seen the fallback of what happens when people just, anybody is just given a platform like that. But it is what happens. Or sometimes it is what can happen. Are you, are you referring to sin? Of past, Are you referring to passes that sin? Yeah. Oh, but that's inevitable, though. Pass, no, but I feel like... It's, it or not, you, you sin, though, innit? Well, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, like, I feel like... In this, I even... I was tweeting about it this week. I feel like now more than ever... We are seeing like a lot of churches and a lot of ministers just pop up out of nowhere. And all of a sudden they have a church, they have a following. We don't know who can verify them. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I do hear that. I definitely do hear that. I think it's easy to become a minister. I think like Iman said, um, it's easy to kind of set up your own ministry, create an Instagram account or create a YouTube account. Or start um, sending out newsletters monthly, or or start doing house fellowships. I think it's very very easy to set up ministries for sure, especially if you've got like a following or people look up to you or people like you. I do think there's obviously a difference in um, becoming a pastor though. That's why for the two years quite interesting because you know it's easy to have a rap career, but to actually call yourself a pastor like who does that? <laughs> who calls themselves a pastor? People people do that. People are doing it. People been doing it. People in the UK, will, or is this, is this an American thing? This in in all over the world in Nigeria, in Ghana, <laughs> in South America, <laughs> in Africa, Australia, everywhere. You know, people Africa, I can understand it, but here in the UK, <laughs> bro, I just think no way can you be doing that. So for my see racism. That one. <laughs> why is it just in Africa? Come and see racism. Because Africa, bro, Africa's all about signs and wonders, bro. There's a lot in America. Where did, where did social media Africans problems. get signs and wonders and all of that stuff from? Is it not America? Bro, I don't know, bro. Listen, they got it from America. So I, I do feel like, they, um, as they say, if, um, what do they say? If uh, America coughs, UK sneezes. I feel like the Christian world, that is the case in that, um, you know, they they follow that trend and in america uh, remember christianity church the gospel all of that is very cultural is very much ingrained in their system quick announcement guys we are doing a live show yes you heard it correctly this is not a drill this is not a joke we are doing a live show on the 21st of august doors open at 6 30 
Tickets are now available. I repeat, tickets are now available. So be quick. You can get your tickets in the Instagram or Twitter bio. That's Real Talk, Real Walk. Ticket link will be in the bios on our social media. So go there and get your tickets. We know it's going to be sick. I promise you. So get your tickets quick. Um, it's going to be fun. We've got loads of sponsors, loads of giveaways on the night, a few guests as well. So get your tickets and hopefully see you there. Enjoy the rest of the show. So when they brought it, when they, you know, when they've taken and packaged some of their, the American version of, of, of Christianity or the gospel or whatever, some of this kind of wrong stuff was packaged with it too. Okay, if God has called you and you know it, just go. And it's a thing of, yeah, well, God can call you, but at the end of the day, should you really be going off by yourself to be starting something, um, especially a church and especially going around telling people that, you know, you're a pastor or, you know, any fivefold gift, that's a, that's a bit of a mad one. But to anyone with common sense, but that is not the case, especially with church with, with the church community, more time, especially if you're not in an organized um, denomination. When I say organized denomination, I'm talking about Church of England, Methodism, uh, Baptist, um, Reformed, um, and some of the and um, Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, Catholic Church, that kind of stuff, where it's very structured and and they've been they've had systems going on for centuries or de- or or many decades, should I say? Um, it, for I think you'll find this more amongst maybe Pentecostal charismatic um, spaces where people just come out and say, yeah, I'm a pastor. Yeah, I've started a church. You know, oh. who sent you? Ah, I just woke up and an angel appeared in my bed and, and, and told me to start a church. Or some <laughs> people just, saying, you know, yeah. it doesn't even need to take that. Some people are just like, I know how to speak very well. Therefore, I must be a preacher or therefore I must be a pastor. So it is very easy to do that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even though, you know, I feel like you're trying to take a logical approach to this, Gabs, but people are aren't really logical especially with spiritual things anybody can come up there's so many churches there's so everyone like like everyone those pastors can or are successful there's the self-appointed pastors well i I think it's a dangerous thing self-appointed i feel like some i feel like because i feel like there might be a a, an well a small group of these self-appointed guys who are genuinely called by God but they're just too eager they're just too zealous and they jump the gun and go without no one kind of you know preparing them or grooming them or discipling them for ministry and that kind of stuff and then you know the rest of them I just think that yeah and to the out to to the eye it might look successful because some of these guys do have you know big followings they do have you know big churches some of them do have buildings and stuff like that but that's where one has to be very careful because in the end you know it's all about the fruit and also (laughs) we all always also have to remember that one day you will give an account so you will stand one day you will stand before your maker and he will ask you did i ask you to plant a church no but i just thought you know i just thought you just, okay, you just thought that's what you want to do. Okay, fine. All the best to you. <laughs> Continue thinking on your way to hell. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I also think it, there's this notion that a lot of young Christian men aspire to be pastors. Do you think there's any truth in that? 
There's many well, truths in this, but yeah, I'll let Aura speak. I mean, I'm not a man, so I can't speak for people. I know that the, the sisters hate, or not hate, but they, they're always trying to avoid the guys I want to be pastors. And to be honest, I hear it because I guess some people get the wrong impression of being a pastor and they think it's all about having a platform or clout, so to speak. So from that perspective, yeah, I guess some guys do want that that position. Um, firstly, why do the sisters hate it? I think... <laughs> in, a, in a time when we need the support, they're hating it. To be honest, I think a lot of people... I mean, I can speak for me personally because I know that I wasn't really trying to marry a pastor. I, I think the office holds a lot of responsibility and weight. And I think if you know what responsibility that you're stepping into, then it would fill you with some sort of righteous fear, I guess. And also, I think people don't always know that a true proper pastor is probably very, very, very busy. And that also requires an element of sacrifice for a woman to be with that kind of guy and and for his family because he's not going to be around as often. Maybe he's travelling on missions, preaching Monday to Sunday. So I guess that too. And also people... As as a leader, people tend to rely on you, and you know you have to you have to be strong to to be able to be there for your congregation in the way that a true leader would be. I mean, let's say your congregation members of your congregation are sick, you're visiting them. People are having babies, you're visiting them. You're doing weddings and sermons. It's it's a lot of responsibility, and I guess um, it takes a special type of person, woman, to stand by that because you're ultimately taking on some of the burden yourself you know i completely agree with that 100 percent. yeah However, <laughs> that that is based on the assumption that the pastors that these girls are going out with or the pastors that these girls are marrying are going to be this big mega pastor that they're going to be doing everything even if you, you, even if you just even if you just pastor. local pastors that your congregation is like 50 people or you <laughs> might not be, you might not be the senior pastor it could be an associate even if it's 50 people it's still going to be responsibility because like I said, each one of those 50 people will have their own issues that you're counselling. You're counselling marriages, somebody has cheated, you have to go and counsel that. You're counselling people who are sick, somebody's been diagnosed with cancer, you have to go and deal with that. It's not just about the whole, like, even if, whether it's 1,000 people or 50 people, that is still a burden mentally. So many people's responsibilities. You're a senior pastor. Pardon? Obviously, even pastors at church, so his opinion might be more stronger than mine. Yeah, that's why I want to hear what he has to say. That's that's if you're a senior pastor. What about what about an associate pastor? Or you know how some churches, well, I expect most churches to have a board or a leader or a trustees group. You might be one of the pastors on there. Do you know I mean, like the church you attend, already, you might have like six pastors in a church, or you might have five, you might have four, but it's only one of them that preaches every week, and the other pastors might do everything. But so it's all busy. We have about three different pastors. And my church is not big by any stretch. It's probably about 150 people, maybe give or take. But even then, they're busy. Our pastor's not always preaching on Sunday because most of the time, if he's not here on Sunday, he's at another church. He's doing guest ministry as well. Mm. But, the other, but the other two pastors, they're not as busy as the main, though, are they? But they all have, they will each have their own responsibilities. So maybe one is doing sermon prep, one is doing more pastoral care. One is doing more kids or, or youth ministry, oh, plus admin that comes with no So these girls want to marry with no responsibility. Because everybody's got responsibility. Your nine to five is a responsibility. I think that the element, the responsibility on a pastor, it's not just it's not just about the nine to five. It's more also a bit of an emotional responsibility as well. And then the expectation of others that, and plus the biblical charge that you kind of have to be, 
basically without blemish, not without blemish, but you, you have to, you are held to a higher account. All of that collectively, it's a lot of responsibility for one person to take on. And for a wife, obviously, while there's, there's no actual biblical charge for a pastor's wife, but there's no way you can be married to somebody who has a burden and you're not taking on part of that burden one way or another. Mm. Yeah, no, I hear it. I do, I do agree with that. I definitely do agree with it. It is interesting. What about you, pastors? Are those any different or you think they're all the same? No. <laughs> Listen, uh, for me, I, before you, before um, before we planted um, City Worship, um, Toby and I, we were, past, we were pastoring the campus ministry and, yeah, young adults ministry. And both of them were terribly hard. When I say terribly, terribly hard because young people are crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes time, effort, money, resources. It's it's a lot of things. So yeah, I don't think just because you know, um, the I don't think just because the, the age group is different that it, it does it can't be as demanding. That's why you know in bigger church setups, you know, youth pastors or, or churches that have the infrastructure anyway. Um, and the resources youth pastors are normally on staff anyway. So, yeah, it's a, it is a big responsibility or can be a big responsibility, just like I, just like others. No, I hear that. So if um, if women don't want pastors, what, what is driving some of these Christian men to want to become pastors? Now, this is not to say men do things for women, but we know a lot of things that men do is in essence to please women or to become somebody in front of women. But if women are saying they don't want pastors, what do you think, what do you think is the driving force for a lot of young Christian men to want to be pastors? Clout. I was, I was going to try and come with a bit more of a balanced view. But yeah, okay. So one, one is definitely clout for sure. One is definitely clout. You have to understand this, that, Church is probably one of the easiest ways for someone for someone to become more popular than they were if they weren't doing anything church related or ministry related. But get clout though. Surely you have to have an element of success though. Well, not necessarily. You could be problematic. There's preachers that just cause trouble by by stirring by sending for people, and that's how they yeah. become popular. There's even also- like apologi- like apologists, like people who you know, debate, you know, Christian topics or theological topics that have become famous because they've drawn out people or, you know, they've said someone is a heretic or this church is, you know, they're they're full of demons or whatever and they become popular. And that's how they build their YouTube channel. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just pastors. Like, in the Christian space, it is very easy to become popular, you know. So that's clout is a very, clout is a very, it's very easy to pick that up in the church space. Very easy. Because obviously, if you think about it, like on the timeline, you know, when Christian topics come up, you know, uh, we saw the Mike Todd thing yesterday. Me, I didn't get involved. Um, I, yeah, and I'm not going to speak about that thing. But if Mike Todd comes up, you see the ruckus that it, look how, like Mike Todd doesn't even, Mike Todd doesn't even need to post stuff before he goes viral. People just post stuff of him and he's going viral. Because yeah. of something he said, or he, it's, it's you know, doesn't it? Say that again. It's usually something he does, and I saw one today. Someone sent me a clip of him today. Right, he was, he was putting donut in his shoes. <laughs> so it's you see, what I'm... in his shoes, bro. 
but the, that's so that's my point. So someone sent you that, and probably if other if that goes on Twitter, or if that was on Twitter or wherever it was, it was gonna you know loads of comments, loads of retweets, loads of quote tweets, everything. The, the guy is what the guy is probably one of the most famous pastors on the planet. Probably one of the most biggest social media. Um, followings. It's not by accident, though. Let's be honest. You guys are making it seem like oh, he just preached, he sneezed, and he's gone viral. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a big. No, listen. I'm not here. For, I'm not necessarily here for. Um, my, I'm, I'm absolutely not here for Mike Todd slander. Me, in some respects, some respects. Let me be very careful. Some respects. I'm, I actually respect him for for some of the things that he does. So this is not even to try and draw him out. But what I'm saying, I'm, I'm talking about popularity. So when it was his time, after about maybe 10, 11 years in ministry, it was relation. It was the, the clip on relationship or relationship goals. I can't remember what the theme was, but as relationship goes, then he went viral. And then from there, things just started picking up for him. But what I'm talking, what I'm trying to say is look at where he is now. The level of fame, the level of popularity he got, yes, it's by God's grace and favor, but it's come through Christian ministry. He was producing before. The guy was a producer. And I don't know if a lot of people know that he was actually a producer producing stuff, but he's not known for his, even now, like, even though he passed, he's the senior pastor of a church, of a very big church and a very popular church. He still produces now, but he's more known for his Christian content as opposed to his musical stuff. Um, so my point is that my point is that like it, there's a very wide gap. Even if you're not at Mike Todd's level, Mike Todd is a very that that he's an he's an anomaly. Not many many from now to until Jesus comes back, there will not be as many people to reach his level of you know uh-huh. fame and influence and affluence or whatever. But in j- fame on a local level, it is very easy to get that. Fame on a national level, on an international level, in the church space, it is very easy to get that. You just need to find your niche. You need to find what what's your unique selling point. And then somehow, some way, you can build a reputation from there. And one of the things that I found out, especially for people that are, uh, let's say, people that are renegades, people that weren't necessarily called to ministry who kind of jump on this platform a lot of them didn't get attention when they were in the world they didn't get attention off the stage or outside of the church space and then church is an easy way so a lot of brothers because you know because you know maybe back in the day you know i know some from time to time you make jokes about the reformed you know the reformed gangster thing you know if they didn't become you know a gospel rapper then they became a youth pastor or they became an evangelist and because of their story, it's easy to, oh, wow. Oh, you know, someone shot at him and the bullet melted you yeah. know, just as it arrived at his nose. Like, things like that. Like, it's just it's just easy for when people hear that. Intro, wow, that was an amazing testimony. Before you know it, people will go around and say, oh, there's this brother at church, you know. The, someone try, shot at him 50 times and all the times that the bullet got to his face, it just fell down and, you know, the bullet perished or they evaporated or whatever. Like, by the time that goes around, people are going to be like, okay, wow, that was powerful. Or, you know, someone who has, you know, someone who has some crazy story, he was an addict or he was a fraudster or he went to prison or, you know, he, you know, he slept around with loads of, you know, women. Like, those, those stories, it's easy for, for, for it to build traction and help a lot of these guys who are coming through into ministry become very popular and famous. 
So yeah, churches no, is, right. is very it's probably easy. Probably people who have personality or who have a story. You don't even need to, I can. I, I'm telling you, you don't even need to necessarily have a personality. There's people whose personalities stink, but there's something about them. Maybe because they're theologically deep. Maybe they went to school of theology and they're just theologically deep. Well, do, do the young ones care for that nowadays, though? Maybe, maybe a couple of years ago, I think we did. Like in the lockdown, you know, when there was all these debates. Now, let me tell you something that I've realised. Yeah, people are lost. And when I say lost, I don't mean it as an insult. I mean, like, people are so far done, yeah, that the smallest thing everybody will flock to. They're looking, it's like yeah. everyone's looking to be saved, but they're looking not at Jesus. They're looking at anything that will save them except for God. That's why, I know we're not talking about celebrities, but that's why celebrity culture is rife. And essentially, what people turn pastors into is like local celebrities because people are just so desperately looking for somebody to follow that you just say something, you come with a nice charm, you come with a decent personality or you're a decent looking person or you got you appear to be theologically sound and people will just hang on to your every word like that. 100%. Um, and I'm glad you said it, like, Ore, because this is, this is where sometimes I feel like the celebrity, even though I have a, I have a, I personally have an issue with the word of celebrity, of the, sorry, the coinage celebrity culture, because I'm still kind of like, what does it actually mean? And I feel we've, we've had, obviously had a conversation about this before, but it's, it happens at all ends of the spectrum, whether you're Hillsong style, your SPAC style, or your John Piper, you know, Paul Washer style, like, or, you know, Dr. James White style, all ends of the spectrum or whether you're just in the middle, maybe you're, you know, Archbishop of Canterbury or whatever, (laughs) like all ends of the spectrum within Christianity, people want to be led and people want, you know, to follow something. They want to follow something that they're attracted to, or they want to follow something that best represents them. But in the process of doing so, uh, maybe because of zeal or, you know, sometimes a, a lot, or it's not even just sometimes, a lot of it is out of innocence, especially when you follow someone that really ministers to you. So for example, obviously I'll use Mike Todd again, but a lot of people are, oh, wow, I don't get why people follow him. But for a lot of people, like his advice on relationships, whether you like it or not, a lot of people really took his advice on relationships. They ran no, with it. theology then, bro, is it? That's it's, what I'm well, he's he put his own Christian spin to relationships. So to a degree, yes. It's theology is obviously not just it's not just one thing. It's the study of God, but then it roots out into so many things. There's theology on, you know, money or there's theology on angels. So theology is not mm-hmm. just a one-dimensional thing. So one could loosely describe it as, you know, re- relationship or marriage theology, which you know, people did follow him for, and you know, not just in the church space. This he's a New York bestseller, so he, the 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 guy's got something that a lot of people love and take to, and that's why he's got a very big following. But then at the same time, you know, um, you know, John Bevere might have a following, but it's not the same as Mike Todd. John Piper's got a following, but it's not the same as you know um, someone else. Math, you know, Pastor Mafia Shimolo, he's got a following that is you know, very different to um, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Like, different people, different characters, different abilities, but people are all drawn to those stuff. And obviously, yes, the more people are drawn to them and people big them up as people buy their merchandise and their products or, you know, or or share their content and stuff like that, the more it gets out there and more people begin to take them in and, and that kind of 
is how things set off. And you have to remember once again, even though even though we're a global community, the body of Christ is something that in a lot of aspects, we're very close-minded because we're not essentially, you know, one of our biggest mantras is we're in the world, but, not, but we're not of the world. So a lot of believers look inwardly and focus more on Christian topics. So, you know, whenever something Christian goes on, we're more likely to gravitate to that. And that's why a lot of people are picking up, like people's ministries can just pick momentum in a short space of time. Because if someone, for example... If like someone is really interested in the topic of worship and what they do is you, let's say, for example, they might be browsing on someone's Instagram page and they they might follow a worship leader and they're like, yeah, okay, cool. I like their stuff. And then that worship leader starts sharing, you know, some of their friends. Uh, content who are also worship leaders okay i'm gonna go to their page i'm gonna start liking their stuff before you know it like you you found your 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 favorite you know christian celebs you're gonna big them up you're gonna share it with your friend oh have you listened to so-and-so's album and before you know it it picks up traction so it's very the point i'm trying to make all in all is that within the christian space it is very easy for you know people to become popular and and build Mm -hmm. followers yeah is that that is that is that because of how christians are because like you said earlier, if you're in the world, it's harder to blow, it's harder to make it, it's harder to get to the top because you're competing with so many people. Mm. If Whatever industry that is, whether it's music, sports, whatever industry you're in, it's harder to obviously climb to the top or build a, a following outside of the Christian space. Mm-hmm. But we as Christians, could it, could it be that we Christians are just naturally supportive, we're naturally loving, that's why we do cling to people, we do cling to, yeah, we cling to certain people quite easily. Yeah, yes, possibly. Yes and I, think, go for, go and I do it. think sometimes a lot of the time it might start off really innocently just being like, you know, I admire this person. I admire your walk with God or whatever. A lot of the time it does start off innocently. I know I just said people are lost, but it's not always like that. It's just a simple, oh, I respect what you're doing. I appreciate that. But before you know it, especially nowadays with social media and stuff and people sharing a lot, it's really easy to just get caught up. But are these people, are these same people admiring non-Christians like this though? I don't know if they are. Are people admiring Diggy D for his talent and how, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, people people do, to be fair, as well. That's how yeah. celebrity culture starts. Let's, I'm, let's... Talking I'm talking Christians. Okay. Well, it's, remember, it's I said it's, remember it's I said it's a bit different, though, because remember, one of our key mantras for, one of the key mantras for, for Christians is we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So even though some Christians might listen to Diggity or whatever, the point is that we're, we're, at, we're essentially or um, realistically, we're meant to be, we're meant to be digesting a lot more Christian content than content that is not Christian or gospel focused. For, mm-hmm. So, for example, Digger D has 1.3 million followers, but in and I'll use this as from a worldly perspective. But a lot of people will be like, "He's not really talented," <laughs> but he's not lyrically talented. And I don't really listen to Digger D, but anything I've heard from him, I've not been like, "Wow!" Like this guy's got lyrical prowess. The guy's got 1.3 million followers, and that's not necessarily even a true reflection of how followed he is or how listened to he right. is. True. But it's just one of those. It's just one of those ones where, once people like uh, him and they like what he brings to the table and they like his sound, they're just going to flock to you. And it's the same principle within the church. If they like someone, if they're going to gravitate to you. And the thing is that it, it happens at all ends of the spectrum. The clean-hearted, gospel-centered, gospel-focused, Jesus-loving, spirit-filled stuff, and then you've got the wayward, crazy, 
is this even Jesus stuff, like, or is this new age stuff? And people will flock to them. Mm. It's very weird, but that's just how, that's just how church culture is at large. Obviously, if we break it down into denominations, everyone has their own, but it will pretty much be the same. And if you think about it like this, let, there's even a scriptural example, scriptural example of this, where Paul in, in First Corinthians, I believe, where, yeah, First Corinthians, where, you know, the saints at Corinth were arguing about, you know, who they follow and who they listen to. And, you know, some Paul was like, you know, some of you are arguing that some of you are for me, some of you are for Apollos, some of you are for Jesus, and some of you are arguing for other apostles. He's like, look, but yo, you lot are immature. He was like, you lot are immature because at the end of the day, it's God that's going to bring the harvest. It's not necessarily about who you follow and who's got the bigger voice, X, Y, and Z. But, and so it happened then in the early church and it's happening now. Like people were arguing, oh, you know, I, I think, you know, I think this pastor is more theologically sound than the other one. That's, that's childish. It's immature. If you, if you like someone and you gravitate to their preaching, their preaching style and their teaching, their soundness, X, Y, and Z, that's fine. But, let's not do competitions which is very easy to do in the christian faith which is where that that kind of worldly mantra has now snuck in it was not now snuck in because it's been happening for a very long time but that worldly mantra of competition like you oh. know if i go back to and this will be my final point like if i compare diggity to maybe i don't know heady one or tion wayne or whatever let me quickly do it let me quickly do a check tion has Sion Wayne has, he has, definitely the better eyes, that's for sure. He has um, 888,000 followers. So people will argue, is is, uh, is uh, Digger D better than Sion Wayne? I don't know. I don't really listen to them both. So, but the point is that they're both, they, they're both loved for what they do and they've both become successful, you know, through what they do and how they do it. Just everyone just has to accept that, you know, whether they're, whether they're good or not. There's for me, I'm a preacher. I like when preachers can like, I like a preacher's preacher, but there's some guys who are not, they don't really have the preaching prowess, but they do their thing. And there's nuggets that you can get from them. I don't go around going, ah, you know, they don't deserve to be a preacher. No, you just respect them for what they do and move on. And, you know, at the same time, I'm not one of these guys who goes, Hmm. The, the most popular preacher is the best preacher. No, I can learn something from everybody. And sometimes like I'll put people on to preachers that no one really listens to. And then this preacher, his followership might start going up. That's just, how, that, it's just a funny Christian world. Like that's, that's how it is. Um, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. It's definitely an interesting one for sure. Um, I definitely do think, oh, scripture's over. Don't forget scripture, man. You gave one though. The one about some people follow um not not or uh, telling the Holy Spirit what scripture email should give. <laughs> 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 no, because <laughs> email sounded confused like he didn't have one. I was like, but he literally just gave one. The spirit, the spirit hasn't connected yet. Uh, oh Lord, forgive me. <laughs> the spirit is still working. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I def- I definitely do think there there is a, a desire for some Christian men to want to go and be pastors. I don't think it's as bad as some people may think it is um, because obviously there's a lot of responsibility that I think a lot of Christian men probably don't want. There might be an element of pride. There might be an element of control that, you know, some young boys may want to have 
you know, when becoming a pastor. But I think knowing that girls, well, the majority of girls, Christian girls, don't want um, don't want to marry a pastor. I do find it interesting that men will still want to go into that road or to that to that area, knowing that you know women are a big aspect of a man's life. Yeah. Um, and I think for for a lot of especially like young pastors or youth pastors or aspiring pastors or ministers, I know that they probably do have a struggle with like settling down with a girl, knowing that you know girls don't want to be with pastors and so forth. And I know it probably is a struggle for them, but. I definitely do find it interesting that people would aspire to to be pastors, but I do, in my opinion, I do think there's probably an element of of control or, or power that they may they may want. And I, yeah. I always think as well, like pastor, well, that specific that specific job, because obviously it is a job, is probably not something that one should desire to be, but kind of an area that one should be called into. Don't get me wrong, I know there's you can go on Indeed and literally just apply for pastor roles, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in areas where, or in spaces where you're not being paid, like yourself, Eman, for example, where you start your own church, mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily something that we should just happily just walk into. I definitely do think it's something that one should obviously go through a particular process and be called into. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, scripture, bro. If Aura doesn't have no final words, <laughs> no, no. Uh, final words were were prayer. Was a was the prayer that I would get the scripture. No? <laughs> Philippians 2, uh, verse 3 to 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking for your own interests, but each of you in the interests of others. Um, and I think that's self-explanatory. Um, one of the biggest things that it is killing um, leaders within the body of Christ is selfish ambition and vain conceit. And so you have to check yourself, am I in this because I was called? Am I in this because I know I'm meant to be doing this? Have I gone about have I gone about things the right way? Am I just chasing, you know, clout? Am I just chase, chasing the the affirmation of people um and the glory of and the glory and the praises of people? Am I doing this because God sent me? And if God sent me, then my first priority should be others. That's what ministry is about. You can be an apostle, pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher. But if your heart is not for people and for serving people, which is the, the, the main essence of what the fivefold is there for, to train them up and equip them, then yeah, you're, you're doing it all wrong. And you know, there's, there's ch- time to change and there's time to repent as well. If you're in it and you know you're not meant to be in it, then cool. If you're in it and you're not sure, then take a step back. It's always good to do that. Don't put yourself in trouble. Don't put people in jeopardy because as we're as we're seeing right now, we're seeing you know a lot of of leaders, a lot of ministry gifts coming into question because their characters, their behavior, their you know their practice is very anti scripture. So don't be don't find yourself in that position. If you're not sure, it's easy. It's better to step away um, than to than to lead people down the wrong path. Mm. Thanks for the scripture. Thanks for the word. Thanks to all the listeners for listening. It's a nice quick one. Sometimes it's not every day. Be here for an hour. Be here for 45 minutes. Sometimes we can up and, and get out of it. On to the next episode. See you later. Peace. Yeah.